Good Monday afternoon. Welcome in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yell, joined by Maurice Patton. And man, what a show we have lined up for you. We have got a ton of reacting to do in the world of sports, whether it's college football, NFL, baseball, and more. I mean, there was some some some... WNBA action over the weekend, by the way, and one team has moved on. And so it's just, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. Uh, NASCAR's playoffs, first round ended, and of course we'll talk more about that on Wednesday with Heather Williams. But yeah, just a lot going on. We're going to get to the headlines. The, the world famous Heather Williams, yeah, by the way, yeah. following her radio debut. Yeah, with PRN. So. So and, and and look, there's there's just there's a lot going on right now. This is again one of those shows that we could probably do three hours, but we're not. Don't say that too loud. Know, right? <laughs> yeah, watch out now. Okay. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's going to be a fantastic show. I'm looking forward to it because we do have Joe Rexroad who's going to join us. And when we get Joe, it's kind of like when we get Teresa. There's just you can literally talk about anything. And we will. And and, and we'll get into Vandy, Vols, Titans. Who knows what else? So stick around for that. That'll be in the second hour. Of course, we've got Terry McCormick's Top of the Hour Titans report as well. That's coming your way at 3 o'clock. All of that and much, much more here on today's show. Mo, how's it going? How was your weekend? Uh, weekend was awful, and Monday's not much better, to be honest. But, you know, we're going to get through it. We are going to get through it. Mondays are... Never fun. This weekend was was rough for me, so I, I understand. It's mo mostly just because I had to deal with kids uh, and and cars. Kids and cars are never kids good. and cars. It's not easy. That uh, <laughs> that pretty well covers it. You know, kids and cars. It's it, it's it, they're they're both going to be problems. If you know, you know. Yeah. But and kids in cars <laughs> for long periods. <laughs> That's an even worse That's situation. the worst. Yeah. 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 So, because, you know, especially, so yesterday we had a birthday. My my great aunt, who, she, who, who I share a birthday with, turned 80 on, or will turn 80 on Thursday. And we had her birthday party. And so all the kids were there, which meant no naps for the kids. And then we left at like 5 o'clock. So, of course, the naps took place on the way home mm -hmm. an hour and a half before bedtime. So now we've got kids who are not sleepy at bedtime because they napped on the way home. <laughs> you want to talk about ready to – oh, and, and, and I'm trying to finish up, of course, work for our newspaper. <laughs> it's, it, it, was, it was a wild weekend. but So we got through it. We're going to get through today. It is a Monday mirror. We are going to look back at the weekend, and we'll get the results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy. Prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Justin today is an anonymous 
moose. Ooh. And you are something I've never heard of. An auroch? Orc? Yes. O-R-O-C? No, A-U-R-O-C-H. It is a some sort of a a an extinct cattle species. Extinct. That makes sense. There you go. But bulls look. It looks like a big like like a a longhorn bison, which is massive, by the way. So yeah, there you go. Football action on Friday. Antioch defeated McGavick 28-12. Independence goes up to Shackle Island and dominates the Buccaneers 28-7. It was Brentwood 20-summit nothing. McCauley a 29-15 went over Brentwood Academy. Watertown falls to Cascade and the champions 28-21. While Centennial blanks Springfield. Same score as a week ago for the Cougars. 35-0. They like that. Over Clarksville Academy. Clarksville Northwest falls to Franklin Road Academy 55 7. And Clay County with a 48 36 win over Portland. Page Blanks, Coffee County 28 nothing. Creekwood 14 6 win over White Creek. Davidson Academy 7 win over St. George's. Well, Columbia Academy gets a 42 30 win over Donaldson Christian. Coverage on MainStreetMurray.com of that one for Mo. Dixon County 42, Kirkwood 12. And boy, were we wrong. Uh, Eagleville, 35 nothing over Huntland. Joe Burns falls to East Robertson, 49-12. Ezel Harding downs Ballard Memorial of Kentucky, 48 nothing. And NBA gets their first win of the year over previously undefeated Father Ryan, 24-20. And again, boy, were we all wrong. Forrest. Well, at least we had some company yeah, on we had that plenty one. Plenty of company in that we one. We were by oh. ourselves on that other one. <laughs> Forrest downs White House Heritage 47 21. Friendship Christian 40, 56. Republic 8. Gleamcliff a 37 28 win over Maplewood. Waverly downs Harpeth 22 to 21. In overtime. Har- by the way, Harpeth is a. Sh- they, they do not deserve the, the one in four that they're sitting at. Well, <laughs> and, and it's been. Controversial, both times in both instances. They don't yeah. deserve it. The, yeah. the, the, hey, keep your head up, Harpeth. You you guys are going to find you're going to find your spot. Hendersonville down Siegel 28-21. It was Henry County 63, Hunters Lane 12. Hillsboro was a 42-14 winner over Kenwood. Spring Hill gets a big win over Lawson 27-14. Columbia Central blanked Lawrence County 31-0. Again, coverage on that one on Main Street Murray as well. And Green Hill a 31-21 winner over Lebanon. Also, East Nashville with a 27-13 win over Liberty Creek. Lipscomb Academy with a 24-10 win over Ensworth. Loretto edges Lewis County 24-21. Middle Tennessee Christian 56, Webb School 6. Pearl Cone with a 61-0 win over Montgomery Central. Mount Juliet 38, Cookville 14. Mount Pleasant 46, Summertown nothing. Nashville Christian 55, Mount Juliet Christian nothing. Nolensville 34, Franklin 23. Oakland with a 42-7 win over Blackman. Pope Prep defeated Good Pasture 41-14. It was Ravenwood 49, John Overton 7. Cornersville 62, Richland 28. Did not expect Would that. Would not have picked that. <laughs> uh, Riverdale with a 41-6 win over Rockvale. Ross View defeated Clarksville Northeast 40 to nothing. Smyrna with a 16-0 win over Laverne. Station Camp downs Greenbrier 26-20. It was Station Stewart's Creek 28, Cane Ridge 13. The Ravens still winless. 
Stratford with a 42-14 win over Sycamore. Gallatin Downs host Warren County 56-7. Clarksville with a 48-7 win over West Creek. Monterey defeated Westmoreland 35-14. It was Marshall County 53, White House 14. Shelbyville with a 42-8 win over Wilson Central. And in eight-man football, it was Franklin Classical 30, Zion Christian nothing. Volleyball action on Friday. Gallatin down Blackman 2-1. St. Agnes Academy also defeated Blackman 2-0. It was Cleveland 2. Ravenwood nothing. Same score over Martin Luther King for Cleveland. St. Agnes was a 2-1 winner over Gallatin. Siegel defeated Murfreesboro Central 2-0. It was East Hamilton 2. Murfreesboro Central nothing there as well. Ryle, Kentucky was a 2-1 winner over Oakland. Oakland did defeat Dobbins Bennett 2-0. Nolansville 2-0 over Riverdale while uh, Riverdale beat Bowling Green, Kentucky, 2-1. to one. Page 2, Rockville 1, Green Hill 2, Rockville 1. And Siegel, blank White House Heritage, 2-0. Valor Collegiate, 2-0 over Lebanon and Station Camp. And Spring Hill is a 3-0 winner over Marshall County. Did you get Valor Collegiate? I did. Okay, my bad. On Saturday, Blackman defeated BGA 2-1, also defeated Hoover 2-1. Summertime with a 2-0 win over Blackman. It was Cleveland 2, Christ Presbyterian 1. Eagleville, 1, 2, 3, 4. Four victories, all 2-0 over Fayetteville, Tullahoma, Good Pasture, and Lincoln County. Maribel with a 2-0 win over Gallatin. Gallatin defeated Greenville 2-0. Ravenwood with a 2-1 win over Gallatin. It was Loretto 2, John Carroll Catholic of Alabama nothing. Also Loretto over Hartzell. Loretto over Ardmore 2 nothing. 2-1 over Madison County of Alabama and 2-1 over Plainview of Alabama. West Vestavia Hills of Alabama finally dealt Loretto a 2 nothing <laughs> loss. White House Heritage 2, Murfreesboro Central nothing. Oakland 2, Hoover nothing. Collierville 2, Oakland nothing. It was Ravenwood 2, Riverdale nothing. Summertime with a 2 nothing win over Rockvale. Same for St. George's over Rockvale. East Hamilton with a 2 nothing win over Siegel. Ryle of Kentucky defeated Siegel 2 nothing. It was Good Pasture 2, Spring Hill nothing. Spring Hill defeated Franklin County 2 nothing. The Lady Raiders fell to Stewart's Creek 2 nothing. Stewart's Creek then fell to Tullahoma and to Eagleville 2 1 but defeated Fayetteville 2-0. Then lost to Chattanooga School of Arts and Sciences 2-1. Summit with a 2-0 win over Valor Collegiate. Valor Collegiate defeated Green Hill 2-0. Girls soccer action Friday. Giles County 3 corners will nothing. Martin Luther King and Hume Fogg a 2-2 draw. Kirkwood was an 8-0 winner over Kenwood. And Stewart's Creek was 5-0 over Laverne. Middle Tennessee Golden Eagles defeated Antioch 7-2. On Saturday, Chattanooga Christian was a 3-0 winner over Mount Juliet. Father Ryan defeated Greenwood of Kentucky 2-1. And on Sunday, Houston was a 7-0 winner over Hendersonville. Major League Baseball action. Reds take 2-3 of three from the Mets, 5-3 and 3-2. Mets with an 8-4 win on Sunday. The Royals take 2-3 of three from the Astros, 4-2. Uh, and 7-1 on Sunday, Royals with a 10-8 win on Saturday. Uh, Brewers, 2-3 of three from the Nationals, 5-3 and 9-5 before the Nationals win on Sunday, 2-1. Phillies, 2-3 of three from the Cardinals, 5-4-6-1, and Cardinals win 6-5 on Sunday. The Diamondbacks, however, sweep the Cubs, 6-4-7-6-6-2, and the Braves are swept by the Marlins, 9-6, 11-5, and 16-2 on Sunday in minor league play. Sounds win the series, but dropped the final two. They win on Friday, 8-2. to 
but fall to Charlotte 9-3 and 8-2 on, on the weekend. College football action of local interest. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Florida with a 29-16 win in the swamp over Tennessee. Vanderbilt missed a field goal with about 45 seconds left then gave one up to fall 40 to 37 to Nevada, Las Vegas. Thank goodness for MTSU. 35, the races of Murray State, 14. Tennessee State wins the John Merritt Classic 27-25 over visiting Gardner-Webb. And Austin P. Laying the smack down on East Tennessee State's can't. Oh, my bad. 63 <laughs> 3. Um, NFL action. The Titans 27, the Chargers 24 in overtime. Again, thank goodness for Nick Folk. Folk, yeah. There we go. <laughs> WNBA postseason action. The Liberties take the Liberty Liberties. They took their liberties. The, the the New York Liberty took a 90 to 75 win over the Washington Mystics to go up one nothing in that series. Also, Dallas leads its series against Atlanta after winning 94 82 in the opener. Minnesota evened its series with the Sun by winning 82 75 in game two. And the Las Vegas Aces won their series over the Chicago Sky, winning game two, 92-70. Volleyball action today at 4.30, Columbia Central is at Santa Fe. Also at 4.30, Riverside Christian is at Zion Christian. At 5.30, Mount Juliet Christian goes to Friendship Christian. Middle Tennessee Christian hosts Battleground Academy. Valor Collegiate travels to University School of Nashville. At 6, Rockvale makes a short trek to Eagles. Also, Mike over. Yeah, just about. Um, although 99 is kind of narrow, you might want to be careful there. Um, Mount Pleasant goes to Giles County. Hampshire hosting East Hickman. Creekwood travels to Harpeth. Gallatin is at Mount Juliet. At 6.30, Oakland plays at Lebanon. Spring Hill is at Loretto. In the barn. In the barn still. And Siegel is at Stewart's Creek. Girls Soccer, Loretto at Richland at 5, also at 5. Middle Tennessee Christian welcomes Webb School. Independence Academy plays host to Glencliff at 5.30. Columbia Academy is at home against Grace Franklin. Cullioca welcomes Fayetteville at 6, also at 6. East Hickman's at Lawrence County. Marshall County hosts Loretto, or not, I don't know. Loretto's playing today, whether it's at Richland or Marshall County, I don't know. That's a you start at 5 o'clock in Richland. If they're not there, keep going. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Green Hill at White House Heritage at 6. Giles County is at Columbia Central at 7. And Pope Prep welcomes Merrill Hyde also at 7. Um, in Major League Baseball action tonight or today, beginning at 540, Minnesota is at Cincinnati. That game can be seen on FS1. At 540, the Mets are at the Marlins. At 620, the Phillies are at the Braves. I assume that was on Valley Sports South. Um, Brewers at St. Louis against the Cardinals at 645. And at 710, the playoff-bound Orioles are at Houston. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know that they've clinched the AL East yet, but they are definitely in. So, Also, NFL, Monday night, doubleheader-ish. At 6.15 on ESPN, you can see New Orleans at Carolina if you want to. And at 7.15 on ABC. And I think you can actually see this now everywhere. I think Nextstar and Direct got their they beef handled. 
So Cleveland is at Pittsburgh. That might be a good one. That's your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Meal Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go see them if you want your uh, lunch specials, meat and vegetables, meat and two or three, cobblers, always good, always fresh, hand-cut meats, and, of course, produce that's cost plus 10% at the register. Today's top story, sorry, Nashville. St. Pete is getting a new Major League Baseball stadium, which means the Tampa Bay Rays are off the table. of St. Petersburg are off the table. They are off the table. Which, and, and, and to be honest, I think most of that was a we need a new stadium ploy anyway. It worked. And it worked. So well done uh, yeah. to, to St. Pete. And, you know, yeah. a lot of folks are upset about that, by the way. A lot of folks are upset about them staying in St. Petersburg. A lot of folks where? In Tampa. Really? Oh, they wanted them they in say, Tampa? They say that's why they don't go to games. Because they don't want to have to deal with going to St. Petersburg, which going on that bridge is with traffic is a lot. How far is it? I don't know, but you would think that St. Petersburg would be big enough to have fans. Yeah, now, I mean, I, I wouldn't think that... That's that's interesting to me. I mean, it it just doesn't seem that prohibitive to me. The but I don't live down there, so 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 I've been I've been once to Tropicana, and the causeway is not fun. It's just not. But I mean, twenty four miles. I'm seeing twenty six minutes, but there's like eight different bridges. I mean, yeah. I don't know. All I know is I, I saw one tweet that said only the Rays could get a new stadium or, or, or would be the ones to build a stadium exactly where no one wants a stadium. And I'm like, well, well that's why it was so easy to get probably because nobody wanted that. So they're apparently building a battery type, you know, entertainment district with mm -hmm. hotels and whatnot. And, and, and obviously that's at a cost of 1.2 bill with a B that's, that's pretty solid. 30,000 seats. Yeah, they're going down in seating. Uh, Fixed by dome. About, by about 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. No retractable. Like no retractable roof because that adds another, you know, half a billion right there. Yeah. It is 1.7. <laughs> I mean, if I'm St. Pete, though, I wonder why, why they're not the St. Petersburg race. You know, I've, I, I was going to say that. I don't understand it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, it's not like we're necessarily any more familiar with Tampa and St. Pete. Now, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but hey. Flixbus.com says the distance between Tampa and St. Petersburg is 19 miles, which takes as little as 25 minutes with our fastest rides. So maybe, maybe some of these Rays fans in Tampa can hook up with Flixbus and make their way over starting in 2028 when the new facility opens. I mean, it looks, it looks solid to me. I mean, it, and again, anything to get rid of 
The trop. The tropic. Yeah, that 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 white roof or red roof or whatever color the roof is that day. Uh, it just, I mean, to me, it just seems like a, a real. It's a big win for, for the Tampa St. Pete area. Now what there are think? there are some people who will absolutely tell you that this is a horrible deal. But oh, I'm sure. I, I mean, well done to, to Tampa for keeping their team. I mean, obviously, they're been, they've been successful recently, and so, you know, you should support them no matter what. And they're not any farther away from Tampa than Atlanta is from Atlanta. <laughs> so, Well, I think Atlanta is far from Atlanta because they wanted a different clientele. They will. So I mean, and there's no, there was nowhere to build what they were, what they wanted to build. I mean, downtown, you couldn't have done what they did. At, well, I mean, why? At the TED. But, but they were able to get Mercedes Benz built. Yeah, but they, they built it on the parking lot and then made a parking lot out of the Georgia. Town. <laughs> Just like what they're going to do here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. they, they couldn't have added the battery. To does that make sense? That's mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. That's that's that I think is the, the goal for most of these stadiums going forward. I mean, as you see with the Titans and now Tampa, I think I think Atlanta has kind of become the the poster child for how to create additional long term revenue. And for Tampa, it's going to be even better because it's a dome. Like Atlanta is in the dome, so they can't use the they can't use the actual stadium year round, like Nashville well, and Tampa you, will be you, able to do. You don't have what do they weather stability, or there, there's a phrase that they use for that. But I mean, Atlanta is far enough south that you know, barring the occasional ice storm, you're well, probably in pretty good shape. Well, yeah, or rain outs and things like that. But I mean, I mean, this is. This is a place where at 30,000, you could probably host, you know, uh, you, you could probably host Final Fours and SEC tournaments that they've mm -hmm. in the past. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It'd be interesting. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not sure if expansion talks will continue or if there's any other teams that, Maybe on the move that well, Nashville well, can be I mean, considered we talk, for. We talked about, we heard about the White Sox a few That's weeks true. ago. I mean, Oakland is. Um, I mean, I don't know that Oakland to Vegas is as done a deal as folks would like to have you believe. So, I, I think. Well, I, I think this is pretty funny, though. This guy says St. Pete and Tampa Bay as a whole are only growing. It's already the 13th largest media market ahead of Nashville, Charlotte, Orlando, and Vegas. Regardless of the roller coaster, baseball is going to keep thriving here, and it's beautiful. And keep thriving keep, is doing a, a lot of, of work. That's a heck of a statement. Yes, uh, keep thriving is doing a I mean, lot of work the, right there. Yeah. The team has, has been thriving for a while. But the, the team has been whole, thriving. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how they are necessarily defining. Yeah. 
baseball, baseball thriving. I mean, again, the team has the team has managed to be successful in spite of everything that's been yeah. going on off the field. But I, I just don't know thriving. That that's why there's been so much talk about them moving. <laughs> so I'm because, curious because successful teams look to move all the time. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see if this if this changes the the attendance figures for Tampa. I hope it does. Look, I want them to be successful. Sure, because again, uh, there's n I can't imagine being in a city that loses a professional sports franchise. I mean, it's just it's an awful thought. I, I hate it for Oakland. I mean, that's a, they got there in the mid sixties and, you know, they've had success, you know, on the field and in the stands and ownership is as much to blame with what's going on out there as anything. But it's just tough to think of a team and particularly Oakland with everything else that they've had happen with the football team and with the Warriors and now, this as well. Well, uh, yeah, the, the thing with Oakland, and, and again, I mean, it's the city itself has kind of stagnated growth wise, whereas San Francisco and other Bay Area, you know, cities have grown exponentially, mm-hmm. making making it an easy out to say, well, the area is done. Never yeah. mind they have, you know, 400,000 people who live there. Yeah. But well, never mind the team that you're putting on the field and asking them to come see. Yeah, that, that too. I, but I, I think that the problem was, you know, obviously they don't want to build a stadium. They don't want to, they, you've got, you, you've got the money build it if you want it. Let's take a break. Um, when we come back, we will hand out some hardware to our Mirror Monday Monstars and talk a little bit about college football. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back to the Lee Company studio in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see. 
whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yao. Mo Patton, and we've got a little hardware that we like to hand out, some 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 helmet stickers on... Without the stickers? Yeah, no stickers. On our Monday Mirror Monstars segment. Again, if you want to sponsor this segment, we'd love to have you do so. Um, Those stickers would look pretty cool. A little one-eyed... Uh, we need one horn. Flying purple. Flying purple. Yeah. One eyed, one horn. Flying purple. People. That's what I was trying to get to, but I couldn't remember what the next word was. And then you got me with the horn there. One horn. All right. Have you, uh, you got a, you got a little monster action to throw out at us? You're talking to me? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's, it's monsters. But I'm telling you, Donaldson Christian thought he was a monster, period. Uh, Monte Baldwin, 307 rushing yards and three touchdowns on 26 carries and four tackles off a loss with a sack, um, causing havoc, as Seth Anderson described it after the game, in the Bulldogs' 42-30 road win Friday night. Certainly a monster. Justin, you said you'd have some this week. Have you got yes. one? I do. Let's I do. do. Um, my first one is got to be – I tweeted about him last night. He liked the tweet, by the way. Uh, Kevin Byard, 12 tackles from the safety spot. is just ridiculous. You know, there's a, there's a train of thought there that if your safety is making 12 tackles, it might be a few too many. You know, now, I guess it's better for him to make them than not, but, yeah. but you would like for your safety to not be presented with the opportunity to make 12 tackles. But nevertheless, 
Certainly no knock I mean, on the mayor of Murfreesboro. Unless there's some safety blitzing or, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, yeah. it would certainly not uh, not be ideal to, yeah. to, to, but, to go there. But again, at least he made them. So. Yeah. Um, my first one, I'm going to go, hmm, I'm going to go Mar Marquez Cooper out of Ball State. Hmm. Yeah. Carried it 22 times, 177 yards. Had a touchdown, uh, but this guy has been doing it consistently, almost 200 yards every game this year for Ball State. So Marquez Cooper, solid uh, so solid start to the year for him. Okay. All right. My second Monstar, um, LSU receiver Malik Neighbors. Would you be my, could you be my, won't you be my neighbors? 13 catches, 239 yards, two touchdowns, and one truck stick of a, full, of a poor Mississippi State defensive back on the sidelines in the Tigers' 41-14 win in Starkville. Okay. Justin? Um, you know, I hate to be biased and keep going Titans here, but it's okay. We're, we're bounce back from our boy that we never had a doubt in. Brian <laughs> <laughs> going Look, 20 I, 24 with a passer rating 123, second high he's ever had. So, rumors of Ryan Tannehill's demise were greatly exaggerated, huh? Apparently, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you like that bounce back, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about boy, that as the show progresses, but yeah, mm -hmm. that that was. Great to see after the week one performance in New Orleans. Yes, and and I feel like I feel like he's he's he certainly feels better about it. And, won't, have and, to answer, won't have to answer nearly as many questions today. But I just think it's right. it's funny. And and again, you and I kind of chatted back and forth on this last night on Twitter. But you know, when you've got time. It, it it makes a world of difference. And, and and the line still was not great yesterday, no. by the way. Again, in fact, they were less than great. But they had moments, which they didn't have moments last week. So But you can attribute to or some of it at least to Dylan Raiden's coming back. He was he was really good yesterday. Was okay. Like I would like to point out that Dylan Raiden's was the highest graded uh Offensive player for the really? Titans. Wow. And Chris Hubbard was perfect on pass blocking. Did Chris not, Hubbard was perfect? Did not get beat, not once. I hear that I hear that so there will be a lot of people that watch yesterday's game that will be shocked to hear that Chris Hubbard was perfect. So I'm just telling you. Hey, you do kind of wonder who's doing the grading, but okay. <laughs> this is a this is uh, right. I mean, like, PFF, but if PFF if they if they do anything right it's it's offensive line mm -hmm. they're very iffy on everything else but well, who really knows if they're doing offensive line right or not well uh, yeah <laughs> but pretty impressive for those for those two. Yeah. Um, 
My number two, I'm going to go with the game that I covered. Caden McCoy, 14 carries, 268 yards on the ground, and had three touchdowns, including a 60, a 90, and a 16. And let me tell you, when on the 16, the 16 yard run might have been the most impressive because he put his foot in the ground and made 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 the defensive back just look silly. Put him on skates, and it was it was a thing of beauty. I tell you what, man, 90 yards, kids, that's, that's 14 carries. That's got to be tough to watch. If you were on the other team. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. My number three, Raheem Mostert of Miami, 18 carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns in the Dolphins' 24-17 win at New England on national TV last night. Dolphins look scary. Yeah, yeah. Know, last year we talked about because yeah, I, I went back and looked to see who we picked for certain divisions because uh, I was very curious about who I picked for mm-hmm. to win divisions last year, and I was the only person to pick the Forty ers by the way. <laughs> but we were talking about how the Dolphins were the third best team in that division, and I don't think that would be the case right now. Mm-hmm. It looks so good, man. Dude, yeah, dude's legit. So dialed in, Justin. Uh, my third is um, DeAndre Swift um, for Philadelphia. The, yeah, Philadelphia went last first week had one carry for three yards, uh, and then this past week on twenty eight attempts got one hundred and seventy five yards, um, and just. Every time he touched the, him and, and J, Jalen Hurts with that option, tore up the Vikings defense. Well, he was certainly fresh after one carry in week one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little extra legs. So, yeah. the legs. Averaging 14 and a half carries per game. So, <laughs> well, my, my final monster is Michael Penix Jr. 27 of 35, 473, four touchdowns, didn't get sacked. Just a perfect day uh, for the Huskies quarterback. So well done. I think he, I think right now he's got to be your Heisman leader. The Huskies quarterback, the former Indiana quarterback, and and former UT commit. Well, and, and interesting. So he's a former UT commit, former Indiana quarterback. The current Indiana quarterback is UT transfer Taven Jackson. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And meanwhile, yeah, yeah. So, that's your Monday Mirror Monstars. We go now to talking a little college football. And, Justin, go ahead and play that. Roll that beautiful bean footage. You want it now? Yeah. Fundamentals. Got to look at Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator. Moment to go downfield. Incomplete, but a flag down intended for Hunter who took a shot afterwards by Henry Blackburn. And now some words, Shadur Sanders coming to the aid of his number one target there. Yeah, look, I'll tell you, as a former safety, that's a very dumb play on the part of Henry Blackburn. Okay, so we've seen players ejected for targeting for way less 
mm -hmm. than that. How did he stay in the game? Well, he didn't target anyone. <laughs> According to the rule. Now. Okay, so dirty hits don't don't apparently warrant and there's nobody, not a Colorado State fan, not anybody else that can tell me that that wasn't dirty. I mean, if, if you look up dirty in the dictionary, that play is there. That's as cheap as they come. And that kid should be out for as long as Travis Hunter is out with a lacerated kidney. Liver. Liver, excuse me. Lacerated um, yeah, liver, my bad. You're right, as always. <laughs> um, listen, did there, there's no place for that? That's inexcusable. Ten years ago, every football fan in America is celebrating that hit. And, I don't know, Chris. I mean, uh, why? I mean, it, the, the ball is long. The ball is long gone. There's no play to be made. Go watch the Florida hit from the national championship game in what, 07, 08, that era. And not only did he do the exact same thing, he actually led with his helmet. And everybody, you know, at the time was, you know, just all up in arms about how, you know, how big of a play it was, how great of a play it was, and, and, and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, in the world that, in the world that we live in, one, that's, like you said, we have seen a lot less get someone injected. And just because you don't lead with your crown of your helmet and just because you don't necessarily make contact with the head or neck area doesn't necessarily mean you didn't target. And I think what I think that this, what I think this does is hopefully it helps move the conversation around targeting because I think there needs to be a conversation had around targeting. And we've talked about not forcing officials to put their judgment into a call like that. But we ask officials to make judgment calls all the time. Why not this? Why, why not allow for a replay official or a white hat to make that judgment call on whether or not the hit was malicious. Because this is an instant where you could say that hit was malicious. And I don't know if you realize this, but that kid's a captain. He has a C on his jersey. I mean, I, I know that there will be plenty of people that will, you know, want to excuse it and say, you know, it's the rivalry. It was heated. Everybody was amped. Blah, blah, blah. It's There's no excuse for being cheap. It's certainly been a lot 
a lot more leaning toward it's a cheap shot, even from Colorado State fans that I've seen replying to videos. I've, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty surprised by what we've seen from from a lot of folks on Twitter, but pleasantly surprised, mm-hmm. you know. So I guess that's that's part of it. But yeah, I just feel like. If we're going to ask officials to make judgment calls in, you know, in sports, and we do all the time, less so in football than any other sport, a lot in basketball, tons in baseball. But why not? I feel like for officials, the overriding intent of what they do is to get it right. And you're not getting that call right if that kid stays on the field. They don't get it right 70% of the time. Seven times out of 10, they don't get targeting right. Because they they don't care if the if the receiver or the or, or the ball carrier lowers their head, they don't care about that. It's forcible contact to the head or neck, automatic. Did he hit his head? Yeah. Why did he hit his head? Doesn't matter. And I think that's a problem because again, a replay official should be able to buzz down and say, in our opinion, this hit was malicious. It's a flagrant two. He's gone. In our opinion, this targeting play, while, yes, we're going to give them 15 yards for hitting in the head or neck area, it does not reach malicious intent due to, you know, due, due to the, the receiver or the ball and the, carrier. And the body position the body above position the ball carrier, yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a 15-yard it's a penalty, but the player's allowed to stay in. I don't see why that's so hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just feel like this this is, you know, rivalry or not, Travis Hunter didn't even put his arms out for the, for the catch. The ball, the ball landed right in front of the kid. And instead of just running by into the, or pulling into up. the sideline. Any number of things he could have done besides what he did. And he, it was – It was very malicious and, and uncalled for. And Hunter's going to miss four weeks, two three weeks, yeah, yeah. A- including the two biggest games of Colorado's season, Oregon and USC. Wow. Yep, those two should be sending Henry Blackburn flowers or pizza or gift cards or something. I don't know because. He did them a favor. It's unfortunate. It really is. Speaking of the Pac-12, though, are they the best conference in the country? By default, as much as anything else. Well, obviously, it's not the Big 12 because Oklahoma State got shellacked by South Alabama. I mean, and, and kudos to South Alabama because, I mean, they came close last year when they went out to UCLA, and they finally got a Power 5 scout. So and, and 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 it wasn't even close. I mean, this was it was a beatdown from the start. Wow. 
And couldn't what happen, does, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Well, and, and what does that say about Tulane? How bad they beat South Alabama to start the season. I think I think you gotta I think you gotta be thinking about Tulane, even though they lost to Ole Miss, didn't have their quarterback. I think that has to that has to weigh into it. Sure. And I mean there's no way for, how does it not? Especially <laughs> if, if Ole Miss ends up, you know, being an SEC championship game contender. And I think they are right now just like, as you said, by default, I mean, crap, everybody is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, it, it, how bad is the SEC? Man. You know, and the rest of the country is here for it, you know? Yeah. That's the, pro- <laughs> the problem is that nobody else is good either, though. Mm. I, that was kind of my takeaway from Saturday night is – you know, nobody's good. You know, Georgia struggled at home with South Carolina, but, I mean, you just saw everybody this past weekend struggling. Well, I mean, Alabama, who Jalen Milrow will be your starting quarterback for the rest of the year, according to Nick Saban today. I so. can tell you this. Ty Simpson won't be in Tuscaloosa much longer mm-hmm. if, if he's very, you know, if he's got if he's there at all, if he's got any confidence about himself at all, mm-hmm. he's gone, as he should be, because he played well. And well, and and that um, it has nothing to do with him. <laughs> and and that that tweet that you sent me. Yeah, it's got to be Melrose because he's the only one who can get away from the, the pressure that is – if they're going to get beat up front every time, you kind of have to go with a running back. I mean, ask Ron Tannehill. All right. So uh, if you can't block anybody, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. You might as well play the guy who can run. But if you're telling me that the starting quarterback for your football team is the same guy who uh, – who could not explain his reads from the Texas game during film study and did not respond well in practice following the Texas game is your starter for the rest of the year. Well, I mean, remember I, what I said about nine and three. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's going to be that good. Well, but then again, I, every every game in the SEC right now is a 50-50 toss-up. Seriously. I, I, I legitimately every single game in the SEC from right now forward is a pick'em. And I don't care if it includes Missouri. The only team that is going to struggle is Vanderbilt. And I would, and if they had gone out to Vegas and to handle their business, I would have said that they were a, uh, and they, and they still may be. Heck, they won three ball games last year. It's they beat tough. Florida, I, Kentucky, and somebody else. I don't remember who else it was, but maybe it was just Florida, Kentucky. Who else was? Was it Missouri? No, they lost oh. to Missouri. I can't remember who else I'd be. But, I mean, there's a team that they, they, they can win some games. I mean, losing to UNLV kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth, I think. But, you know, they can bounce back. They sure. They, I don't think they're they, – yeah, I don't think they're out of it mm-hmm. by any stretch of the, the imagination just because, again, everybody else is just – I don't know if everybody's mid – or if everybody's just – if this is just college football finally, 
you know, leveling out a little bit nationwide. Saturday, though, I mean, just wasn't very good for for a whole lot of folks. No, really, so. it, a lot of folks were very were struggling all day long. Hmm? It was one of those days. Last week was one of those days. At this point, it's always one of those days. And I, you know, I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for the end of the year. There being seven teams with two losses. Good luck, committee. <laughs> here you go. And like I said on Twitter, this season will be a success if we get Kentucky and Ole Miss in Atlanta. But if we get Georgia and either Alabama or LSU again, I'm going to be mad. Like, if we're going to be chaotic, let's go all in. Let's be chaotic. Let's 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 send Ole Miss to 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 Atlanta to take on Kentucky or or, or Florida or somebody random, and let's go. Let's go all in. Florida and Kentucky are the only SEC teams Vanderbilt beat last year. Okay. So I thought I thought there were some else, but I guess not. Lost to Missouri, seventeen fourteen. We don't have time to we don't have time to take a break here. So okay. what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Braves, but we are going to take a 30-second uh, timeout to show you our This Day in Braves History video because it is This Day in Braves History. September 18th, 1962. I'm going off the top of my head now because I can't find my cursor to get back up here. All right. It's, it's on the other screen. Yeah. Oh, read it. Hank Aaron hits his 40th homer of the season, and Tommy Aaron drove in three of Milwaukee's six runs over the team's final three at-bats and a 10-5 to win over the visiting Dodgers. Tommy Aaron went three for four, singling home Hank in the sixth before scoring his older brother and Eddie Matthews with a double in the eighth. Nashville's Jim Gillum went two for three with a pair of runs in the loss. That's Junior Gillum of Junior Gillum Way, where First Horizon Park now sits. Huh. That was this day in Bray's history. Thanks for pinch hitting there. The, well... Yeah, maybe you're still hungover from the the division win as well because no, the Braves. No, I'm, I'm still hungover from the blasting that they took yesterday. Uh, yeah. It was funny because the CBS sports headlines, which I don't even know why I still get their stuff because it's often wrong. And anyway, other than that, um, they they sent out a push notification on Saturday that said. Marlins blow out Braves eleven to five, and I'm like, y'all realize it was five to five in the eighth inning, right? Like it wasn't a blowout. They, they, yes, they, they were lost little, by six runs. They but, were a little ahead of themselves, it, actually, yeah. like by a day. It's like now, now yesterday that was a blowout. That was a blowout. <laughs> I mean, it was like it was, it was fifteen nothing, wasn't it? Yeah, Before Ozuna hit the two run homer. But I, listen, I was at an eighty year old's birthday party, and thanking God that I was there. 
Because I just kept getting notifications. Boom, home run, boom, home run, boom this, boom that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? It's it, it's nine to nothing? Huh? How? And, yeah, it, it was just a bad weekend for the Braves. And, again, they, they clinched the division. They go down to Miami, have to travel, still on the road. There's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, starting pitching and, and, and offense kind of were there. It was just the defense that – I'm sorry, the bullpen that struggled. Well, did you see – was it was it David O'Brien that posted who – the um, – that Braves – who was it? It was like Tonkin and – he listed a bunch of relievers that we are not going to see in October – was like that they gave up 16 of the 24 runs hmm. in the over the weekend. Hmm. So I guess like there's that. Yeah. Ah, here it is. Schuster, Hand, Tonkin, Rodriguez, and Nicky Lopez gave up 20 of the 36 runs. So we're not going to see Nicky Lopez on the bump. No, I hope season. God, I hope not. Because no. you have to be losing by or winning. Can you be winning? I thought you had to be losing. So yeah, okay. Well, maybe we win. What? Maybe. Good but enough. Elder and Morton also gave up ten mm. of those. So. So we don't think Brad Hand makes the postseason roster. I think he's got to, unless there's a left-hander out there that. Uh, well, I mean. I guess it just depends on who gets back. Who, yeah, who's back? I mean, Brad. He's only he's one of only what three left-handers that we have on the roster. So I guess he probably will, but hopefully we won't need him because we'll be using Mentor and Iglesias late. So, here, so, so, so here's a question. Jesse Chavez going to make the postseason roster? Do we know uh, injury? He's still uh, rehabbing. He's yeah he he but he did pitch all week with Gwinnett. How many appearances did he make? Well, he started six days ago. So I guess that's good. I mean, he's got to get back in time. To get a couple of appearances in before the season is over with. And again, I got what? Three? Well, they got a couple of weeks. There are three weeks before the Braves actually play a meaningful October game. Yeah, they got 13 games left. So I guess he's got time at this point. But yeah, I feel like he's going to end up being back, but he's. Is he left-handed? No, he's not left-handed. He's not left-handed, but he's he's your long-term, he's your long relief guy if if necessary. So I don't know if he if he pitched it all for Gwinnett and felt good about it. I feel like this is you get him on back up here. You get him back up and and go from there. So, but yeah, um, bullpen did not look good. Offense did not look good at times, but congratulations to Matt Olson. 
Congratulations to Matt Olson. We'll give, yeah, again, I thought the, there were some really good. There were some moments. There were, there were some positive offensively. The Braves looked really good. So it's, um, you know, it's not good to give up grand slams in consecutive games to Chaz, uh, Jazz Chisholm. I mean, if you're going to give them up to anybody. Might as well be him. I, I, don't, I don't mind it being Jazz. jazz. Uh, in 3.1 innings, three and a third in Gwinnett for Jesse Chavez, he has given up two hits, no runs, and struck out six with a opponent's batting average of 167 and a 0-9-0 whip. Sounds like he's about ready to go. I think, I think we'll be fine. I think, I think we'll see him soon. Okay. It, we may see him this week. We do need to take a quick break here. Do we have a lineup yet? Um, haven't looked. All of asleep. Because so I'm curious ways. if we see no lineup yet. No lineup yet. You're curious if we see Acuna back yeah. out there today? So fair question. Glad they did the glad they went ahead and took him off that sure. turf and just said Listen, we're you know not what? Just, let's we're just not get home. Let's, let's get you home. Let's just get home. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, top of the hour, Titans report with Terry McCormick. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone Joints back after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. For the Daily Titans report from Titan Insiders, Terry McCormick, powered by Zen Sports. Terry, what's going on? Welcome in. Thanks for having me. Yes, it is the Titan Insider Daily Report, powered by Zen Sports, making the bonus game and changing it for the better. Titans won a game, guys. Won it over time. And uh, that's the first win uh, in the last nine games, broken eight-game losing streak dating back to last November. Uh, certainly, I think Ryan Tannehill was able to alleviate a lot of the concern about his game from week one by playing really solid football yesterday, had a couple of long completions, had a touchdown pass, had a touchdown run, and uh, certainly looked better than he has in a while. Yeah, uh, well, he was hurt 
last year. So we, we haven't seen him play healthy in a while. And, and, and obviously last week was his preseason game. So that's, that's what I'm just Whether he wants to admit I, it or I'll, not. I'll chalk it up to that and, and yeah. be done with it. But, you know, Terry, the offensive line looks a lot better this week. You know, obviously not perfect and not, you know, not to the standard you want, but better. And that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, they, they struggled really badly early on. Uh, Xavier Newman gave up a couple of sacks, uh, filling in that left guard spot for Peter Skaronsky, who uh, may be out for a couple of weeks. He apparently had an appendectomy on Saturday. Uh, then they went with Dylan Radens, former second-round pick from the 2021 draft. His first game since tearing his ACL against the Chargers last December. So really good effort from Radens. I think uh, – what the Titans saw there was very encouraging going forward for him that he can at least be a solid backup on this offensive line and perhaps even, you know, down the line, maybe contend for a starting spot uh, if they don't like what they see going forward from one of the tackles, either Andre Dillard or Chris Hubbard. Although I'll have to say Chris Hubbard has played pretty solid football since the Titans picked him up. Dillard still a little shaky over there on the left side, but uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Raidens comes in and immediately, uh, you know, picks things up and the line played a lot better yesterday, like you said. I'm glad to see that because Dylan Raidens, man. Well, a second round pick, as many high picks as the Titans have gotten minimal contributions out of over the last bit, it would be good for Raidens to hit, relatively speaking. So, yeah, that's a good sign, I would think. Absolutely. The other thing, too, uh, yesterday, a lot more balance in the offense. Derrick Henry got his touches, 25 carries for 80 yards. Not spectacular statistically, but uh, certainly – uh, much more indicative of the way the Titans want to play football with balancing play action, passing with Henry in the run game. Plus you've got the added element of Tajay Spears now in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So certainly a, a nice one, two punch there uh, in the run game. And then Tannehill was spreading the ball all over the place. You know, you had Traylon Burks with his big catch. You had Chris Moore, you had, Nick Westbrook-Akina, who's caught a lot of flack over the last couple of years from Titans fans because, you know, he probably was too much was expected out of him when he was a number one or number two receiver because of all the injuries. But he's had a solid start so far this year and caught the touchdown pass uh, that put the Titans ahead there in the fourth quarter. I've always thought that 15 had an, had the ability to be a really solid number three receiver in this league. That's the thing. And and number three. That's he, where he, he needs to be. And if he's getting that, if he's getting number three coverage, right, then, then he's he, gonna, he, he can eat. He can win. Yeah, he can win. And, so. and 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 I think that's what you're seeing right now. So I'm I'm for it. I think that thing has been great. It's been you know it's it's obviously been a positive, and and the Titans get a win. Of course. You lose to the Titans, and now your coach is apparently on the hot seat. So, well, I think Brandon Staley's hot seat dates back to that playoff collapse against the Jaguars last year. Yeah, yeah and he was none too happy apparently in post game about the tone of of the questions, whether whether this loss was 
you know, a, a hangover from that game and that kind of thing. He he was a little testy in some clips. I think ESPN yeah. showed maybe yeah. after. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to me, guys, I mean, tell me if you can figure it out, but the Chargers are one of the great mysteries of the NFL. You've got a stud quarterback in Justin Herbert. Didn't turn the ball at all, all, over at all yesterday. Had all sorts of, you know, nice passes. Got two really good receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Didn't have Austin Eckler. But then over on the defensive side of the ball, you got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack to rush the passer and help out your secondary. For the life of me, I can't figure out <laughs> how the Chargers are 0-2. And next week, they're going to face another team that I can't figure out why they're 0-2 in the Vikings. And the loser of that's going to be 0-3 and going, what's going on? I thought we were a playoff team. It's going to be wild. <laughs> I think I saw something that the Chargers are the first team to not have any turnovers in their first two games, score 58 points, and be 0-2 crazy i mean it, it just doesn't make any sense they they just bad things seem to happen at bad times for them I, I thought yesterday too the titans defense got the three and out in the overtime but i thought part of that was the fact that the chargers still seem to be in two minute mode the same mode that they were in hurry up when they went down and got the tying field goal they never once attempted to hand the ball to josh kelly to get some positive yards just at the start of a drive they just started they just kept flinging it around just like you know they were in the hurry up and they wound up with three straight incompletions punted the ball to the titans uh Kiaris jackson returned it to about 10 yards up to the 39 yard line and from there it was pretty much a layup for Tannehill to take the titans down and get nick folk in range for that field goal you know and perhaps you just answered your own question terry maybe their offensive approach was is a little faulty, but um, it felt like when the Chargers dropped back, it, it felt like the Titans could get home whenever they wanted to. Yeah, Simmons and Tart, some of those guys had big games. Landry had a huge sack on that third mm -hmm. down right there when they got to the seven-yard line at the end of regulation because it looked like for all the world that they were going to score a touchdown and win it in regulation, and he comes up with that big sack on third down that forces that field goal. Titans are on the upswing, folks. And this well, is a, one, one, one win after eight straight losses will kind of do that. It, it, and, and listen, you've got to remember you didn't win the division last year, which is the difference in the Chiefs and the Chargers. So <laughs> there's that. Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All right, will do. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. And best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older to bet and in Tennessee. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a
a dragon here. I saw it. But no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint. Mo, and I don't mean this to be a rhyme, but it is. Now it's not because I've talked through it. Joe Burrow, starting 0-2 and obviously still struggling a little bit with that injury. How concerned should Bengals fans be here? I think your concern has to be whether that thing lingers or not. Um, I don't know who their number two is. And I don't think they yeah, want us they to don't know who their yeah. number two is. But, I mean, muscle injuries, uh, we might have to get Zach Farr back on here. But, I mean, that might just be a situation where he just needs to sit and let that get right rather than having it linger. Uh, I mean, I guess there's a thought process that Joe Burrow at 80% is better than whoever your number two is at 100%, but for how long? Hmm. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, this seems... And again, uh, we, football is different than baseball. Yeah, you got to win. You can't, but, you can't but I mean, again, as, as we say often on here, sometimes you got to lose a battle to win a war. Yeah. And you want that guy as healthy as he can be for as long as possible, I would think. So, New York Giants who, who, who were out. Who is their number two? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Bengals QB. Bengals backup. Jake Q Browning. Is that true? That's according to the Cincinnati Enquirer. Who? Jake Browning is Joe Burrow's backup if Cincinnati starting QB. That's the kid from Washington. Injury sidelines him. Is he? That's the kid that played in the college football playoff for Washington. 
I'm pretty sure it is. He's the only other quarterback on the active roster, or was going into yesterday, I guess it was. Um, yeah, he was the quarterback for Washington when they went to the playoffs and got shellacked. Oh, no, no. This, is, this, is, this article is from early this morning. Bengals are an early six-point favorite against the Rams ahead of week three MNF. Wow. Um, Burrow is expected to start a quarterback despite tweaking his cap during the fourth quarter of the loss to the Ravens, according to the Cincinnati Enquirer slash Cincinnati.com, which I'm a little. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's the first thing I came across. The Giants were outscored 60 to nothing to start the season. Wow. But turned it around. Mm. As Daniel Jones, 26 of 37, 321, two touchdowns and a pick, 59 rushing yards and a touchdown. How about that? Josh Dobbs on the other side, 21 of 31 for 228 and a touchdown, no turnovers with 41 rushing yards. He and ran a rushing for touchdown. a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. James Conner, 23 for 106 and a touchdown. I mean, the Cardinals played well enough to win offensively. Jalen Hyatt, by the way, two catches, 89 yards. That's... Of course, of course, I dropped him off my fantasy team after last week because I was like, they're clearly not going to pay. They're not going to play him. Well, they played Oops. him this week, and it worked. So, can yeah, you, but can and, you go back and get him? Or well, it's a, somebody... it's a it's a it's a PPR league. So you get points per reception, and two catches is not really going to help me much. I mean, 89 Not even yards. Two for 89. I mean, yeah, that's a that's 10 points, but you really, you know, you want a guy. It, so it, uh, Hodgins here, who had four catches for 40 yards, scored probably 15 points because he had the touchdown. Oh well. But he got four points for the receptions, four points for the reception for the yards, and then a touchdown. That's six, so he scored 14 points. Hmm. All right. That's the unfortunate part of. Points per reception. All right. So, anyway, but yeah, well done to the Giants for for making the comeback and winning, and that's that's pretty impressive. Um, and here's something to go along with your Charger stat: they're the 33rd team in the Super Bowl era with 50 points and zero turnovers through two games. They are the only team to start 0 and 2. Yikes! That hurts. That's that's brutal. Except you know, unless you're a Titans fan. Let's let's see here. I think that's about all we can get in right now because we need to take a break and go see. Uh, you bring in Joe Rexroad of mm -hmm. the Athletic. He's got he's got Titans. We're going to talk about Vanderbilt, their loss at, at UNLV, which was almost inexcusable, considering the. The, the last minute of the game and Tennessee's just brutal performance down in uh, Gainesville. So all of that coming your way in just a moment. Stick around. Main Street Sports Day is right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. 
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're going to get uh, Joe Rexford in. Oh, it looks like his, his, his microphone is working now. So we will bring in Joe Rexford of The Athletic to join us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Had every intention to talk about Titans, Vols, Vandy, but eight minutes ago, the Associated Press reports that, Joe, your friends up in East Lansing are – Going to save a little money, it looks like. Joe, can you hear us? I guess he's still not unmuted. I'll, hey. uh, I'll give him a call. Yeah, just give him a call. Let's, let's Joe, go. If you, can hear, if you can hear us, I'm going to give you a call. <laughs> and anyway... Uh, I'll give you more information on that as, again, the Associated Press reporting that Mel Tucker has been informed that he will be fired without compensation for the incident that we spoke about last week. I think it's, uh, as you've said, Mo, a lot this offseason and now into this season, there will be lawyers. Oh, yeah. Without question, because, I mean, when you take into consideration 
his version of the events, you know, firing for cause certainly is debatable. Yeah, I mean, clearly you have you have uh, he said she He's said she literally, said. and here we are. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't know how this is going to play out, but uh, lawyers will will be involved. I think there's no question. And so yeah, I mean, what is it, eighty five million that he's that they would have been on the hook for? I mean, I don't know what his buyout is necessarily. I think it was all guaranteed. I think it was. I think it was ten for hundred guaranteed. Oof. And there's Joe now, I believe. Joe, welcome in. Hey guys, thanks. And yeah, I, on the Mel Tucker thing, yeah, uh, they're trying to save money. I still think there's probably a settlement coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but but obviously. He's not getting the remaining whatever it is, eighty plus million, you know, that that he had in that guaranteed deal. So um, quite quite a quite a mess up there in East Lansing. And kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, although you know, of course, this is one of those things that could have been dealt with differently months ago. I mean, it was last December, right, when this when this uh, investigation started. So, you know, I understand, you know, the Title IX investigation, I mean, the Title IX uh, people, I mean, it's absolutely critical that there's, that nothing is, you know, is, uh, no information gets out on those. But I would still, I, I would still argue that just knowing that there was any kind of investigation and your coach could still warrant, you know, a suspension off season, you know, off season suspension, trying to figure it out, but they, they handled it how they handled it. So, um, Michigan state looking for a, another coach all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. With everything else that has taken place at Michigan state in this realm, Joe, do you feel like they are particularly, hypersensitive to these type situations when they come about, should they come about? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I, I think obviously in this situation, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, I mean, there's two sides to this story and there were a lot of really long phone conversations between Mel Tucker and Brenda Tracy uh, along the way here. And then they both deleted all these texts. So, I mean, like, I mean, the situation itself, is that's kind of separate, but I will say that if you get into any situation like this at Michigan state, given the history, I mean, that's why you have to know where you are and what the history is and how I do think that you have to think of it differently than at another place. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, the, the, you know, what Mel Tucker did to me is not like, you know, it's not like this is going to be an art brow situation. I mean, he's, he'll, he'll get another job and, he may not get a head coaching job. I don't know, but he, you know, he'll, he'll be a coordinator at a prominent program. I mean, none of this is like terrible behavior, but, but it is dumb to, to get even start to put yourself in a situation like this in particular, given who Brenda Tracy is and, and you know, what she 
stands for and what she is working to do at a place like Michigan State. I mean, it, it does. It, the standard is changed there, I think, because of the Larry Nassar situation and all that. Joe Rexroad of the Athletic joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Phone and Joint. Yeah, it's a tough situation up there for sure. Also, tough situations in Knoxville and in Nashville right now. I would imagine Joe coming off of the Saturday night performances by both Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Yeah, two very different. I mean, two huge downers for both teams. I mean, you know, Tennessee should have been able to go win in Gainesville and had big, big aspirations this season. And of course, Vanderbilt uh, should have been able to go win at UNLV and, and make bowl hopes, you know, realistic, at least an outside chance at them realistic heading into the SEC and very different ways to lose. The ball just got their butts kicked in a very embarrassing performance. And then Vanderbilt, I mean, I just I mean, I talk about an incredible night of ups and downs, you know, up 17, nothing down 30, 17, big comeback. But then, you know, to, to be in position to win it after that interception and somehow lose that game in regulation is truly amazing. Um, so, you know, it's just, that's, that's a, I know for, for the long suffering Vanderbilt fan, that probably looks a little familiar the way that game ended. You know, there's a lot of different creative ways Vanderbilt has lost games over the years. And for Vols fans, you know, I'm seeing some overreaction. I'm not surprised. I'm seeing some overreaction to this. But ultimately, you know, it, it was, I mean, three of the last four road trips for Tennessee under Josh Heupel, they've just been throttled. Uh, and in, in two of those three, ca- three cases by inferior teams. And, you know, that's, uh, that's really a, a problem. They're, they're becoming a very home road different kind of team and every team is to some extent but but this is a little much yeah um joe ut first i mean i sat there watching that game all night saturday night and and i just could not figure out how a team that was supposed to be good could look as bad as they looked i mean are are they are they not good <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's a fair question. Um, the thing is that, I, you know, the offense is clearly, you know, was going to take a step back, is taking a bigger step back than I thought, and has been very clunky this year. But the defense, I really did think, had a chance to, to be easily the best defense, take a big step this year. And I know the opponents, the first two opponents were inferior, but. You know, just looking at the pass rush and looking at the speed on that defense, and it just—I really thought the defensive front would have its way with a Florida offensive line that had played very poorly in two games, and uh, so that was really jarring. I do think some of that was like—I I mean, Florida's game plan was excellent. They had some really good stuff, but ultimately, you still had chances to tackle people in the open field and you're diving and grabbing grass and you're bumping a guy instead of tackling them. And, you know, it just seemed to snowball. So the, the defensive performance to me was the bigger surprise. Yeah. As, as you know, as I'm watching the game, it just seemed like there was a lot of misdirection. Well, well done by Billy Napier and the offensive staff at Florida, because it, 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 it looked like watching a really good wing T offense at high school. I mean, it, 
there mm-hmm. were backs going every direction and you didn't know who necessarily had the ball at any point and and they blocked it really well how much of that what you know how much did they miss pilly i mean it, it seemed to be a, yeah. a, a, he was a a big piece missing on saturday yeah no absolutely uh he's i mean he in a short period of time became one of their defensive leaders. And I think the combination of Peely and Beasley is really good and will be good. And, you know, Elijah Herring is a very talented player. He's going to be a very good player for the balls, but he made some mistakes. You could, I mean, he made some mistakes without question. There's a drop off there, but you know, that still doesn't explain to me just some of the, the, you know, just the, the winning Florida did up front. And then obviously the defensive backs just had a terrible night. Um, but I agree with you. Look, Billy Napier, I mean, you know, he's at Louisiana. That offensive creativity was, you know, got a lot of attention. And I, I got to say, I mean, that was that must have been a huge night for him in that program, that fan base, because obviously they haven't played well and they, they win six games with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. But that's the kind of win that can really uh, endear him to a fan base. Then you throw that together with the recruiting class. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's big for them, but for Tennessee, I mean, it's just like, you know, I just, I, I just can't buy like this. Oh, you know, go to the swamp and there's some kind of a curse or, or it's in their heads or whatever. I mean, that's just, just go. I mean, you, you can play way better football than that. There's just no excuse for that. Someone sold their soul for this. I'm telling you, uh, it, it makes no sense. It's the only, it's the only possible solution at this point, Joe, it really is. A soul was sold and that's just how it goes. Now, but on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line is and was terrible. Cooper Mays and what, whatever happened to, to Gerald Mincy, I, I, apparently he was arrested or, or was cited for simple possession, and I guess that warrants a full-game suspension these days. Long gone are the days of the 90s where that was a you know two, two series and you're back in. I, I, I mean, they've got to improve <laughs> – Well, well, here's the thing. He wasn't suspended. That's the weirdest thing. I mean, he was he dressed and played on special teams. So, like That's ex- even worse. And and Hypo got and Hypo got asked questions about that and didn't say anything, but like to me like if you're going to punish a guy, well, fine, punish him. If he's going to play, don't punish everybody else by not letting him play where he helps the team. You know what I mean? I just I, I I do not I do not understand that at all, uh, but yeah they could have used I think a little swapping out there at right tackle, um, and they need Cooper Mays. There's no doubt. I mean look, the offensive or, or if not if not Cooper Mays, certainly not Ollie Lane. <laughs> yeah yeah he yeah he struggled no doubt he struggled and and look I I do think although I, I feel like this coaching staff is is not letting Joe Milton, you know, uh, have enough opportunities to throw the ball, frankly, throw the football downfield. I, I think it's it's probably not just a comment on him. It's a comment on the protection as well. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, look, you lost a first-round talent at right tackle, you know. You think about the Alabama game last year and how, how important Darnell Wright was just to – take care of his matchup against a top five pick. So um, I don't know how much better it can be, but but you would think with Cooper Mays in there, 
kind of move other people off the field or different spots and, and they can get a little bit better. That's got to get a lot better than it is right now. Do you have to do some different things with Milton, get him out of the pocket, maybe make him a little bit more of a running threat? I mean, as, as long as the O-line continues to play like this? Yeah, maybe. You know, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where they go fast, you know. So, I mean, the idea obviously is, boom, balls in his hands, balls out, and, and uh, you know, but, but maybe move the pocket some or use him as a runner. He, he's, he's not, um, obviously, the, among many things that have, you know, that just aren't as good from Hooker to Milton, he's, he's not the runner Hooker was, of course. Now, when he, get, when he gets going, he's, he's a load to bring down. But, um, I mean, I think everything should be, you know, should be on the table at this point to try to, try to get that offense going. But I just feel like they run so many screens, receiver screens and swing passes. And it's like either that or a bomb. And it's like, man, you know, with, with the, with the middle of the field open the way it is, I feel like you've got to try to let, let him do more, but um, you know, the receivers haven't played well either. I mean, there's been a big drop off, I think there as well. Although I think squirrel white's a special talent and you saw, you know, Brew McCoy at times does stuff and you're just like, Whoa, but you know, I mean, Jalen Hyatt was that guy who could just get behind anyone, and that makes a big difference. But it's the scheme, Joe. <laughs> Sarcasm <laughs> there. Sorry about that. Hey, um, shift, shifting <laughs> gears. Before, before we get out of Tennessee, Omar Norman Lott of Tennessee has been suspended for the first half of the UTSA game on Saturday for his involvement in the altercation post game against Florida. So three Florida players have been suspended. Do what? And that's that's the SEC that's the SEC? Correct. Suspending, okay, yeah. The SEC well, also suspended Damian George, Micah McCut uh and Dante Zanders for Florida. Well, and, that's, and that entire thing happens because Josh Heupel calls mm-hmm. the timeout with seven seconds left and said, you know, half his team has to come back from the tunnel. And, you know, it's just like petty stuff like that. Like, to me, it's like end that evening as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. Get the heck out of there. Do your presser and, you know, get on the – go. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but at, least, at least, you know, because as soon as that started, I mean, that could have been bad and – Luckily, they, they uh, you know, they, they cooler heads prevailed pretty quickly. Vanderbilt attempts a field goal in the final minute, misses it. UNLV drives down, attempts a field goal with less, hits it. Joe, the way Vanderbilt lost that game in regulation with a former defensive coordinator as your head coach has to especially hurt, does it not? Yeah, and look, I mean, just in general, I mean, the defense this year, and that's another, you know, just like I said about the balls, I, I really thought their defense was going to take a step. Really bad night for that defense Saturday. I, this Vanderbilt defense I thought was, was going to be better for sure and, like, discernibly better, and it really just isn't. Um, C.J. Taylor's a tremendous player. Dericky Wright's a really good player. They, but it's just, it's just overmatched 
in too many spots. And then, you know, you give up those plays. And then there's a timeout that a player called, you know, Clark Lee didn't want it called. And um, even the, the field goal that, you know, you could have been more aggressive once you got the pick. But to me, like the, the previous kick was wide right and hooked in only because it was a longer kick. So I don't understand going to the right hash with, with that either. Like to me, the way he was kicking the ball, that needed to be a left hash uh, kick. But just so many things that have to go wrong at that point after you get that interception for you to lose in regulation. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that would not have been on my board uh, as a possibility you know, at that point. But um, just, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately the bigger picture with Vanderbilt and look, I mean, last year they figured some things out and they did a great job against Kentucky. They did a great job against Florida and they won those games. You know, they, they beat two draft picks at quarterbacks with that, with that defense. So I, I can't sit here and say they're going to give up 40 every day, but right now it's just, it's just a big disappointment, you know, because again, I didn't expect this to be some great defense, but, you know, they've been recruiting. They got like Darren Agu, who's a second year player, and, you know, some other guys, young guys in the secondary. I just figured that they, with Taylor coming back, Wright coming back, they'd take a step. So far, not at all. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't, going into this season, I thought the Wake Forest game wasn't even as, as cut and dry as a, as a loss, you know, before the season started and, and, and I thought Vanderbilt had a really good shot at being four and O coming out of this game. And, and now it, it's almost disastrous where Vanderbilt is. And to that point, I mean, especially in a year where the sec looks like it is, you know, every week you've got a chance to win against anybody this is not the year that Vanderbilt needs to be having. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Now, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I still feel like the best, I mean, the, one of the bigger problems is the defense. Yeah, it's a problem and it's given up too many big plays, but another huge problem for this team is just sloppiness and turnovers left and right. Just, you know, you're not giving yourself a chance. And I mean, I think that weight game is a totally different game if they don't just, give them touchdowns, you know, in that game with turnovers. So if, if Vanderbilt can somehow manage to clean that up and play clean football, um, you know, there are, there are winnable, there are games that I think can be interesting. I still think Missouri in at Vanderbilt can be interesting. Can, who knows? Kentucky. I mean, they haven't looked great, you know, Auburn, Florida, you know, there, there's games that, that could be interesting, but, a lot of things have got to change. Yeah. And I think starting with, I don't know how much better the defense can get, um, but I know that Vanderbilt can stop giving it to the other team at a rapid rate, which is what it's doing right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, before we let you get out of here, the Titans get a big win on Sunday. This team really has, again, with the schedule, being number two team instead of the number one team out of the division last year, this schedule. And if you can stay healthy, which that's you know been the biggest if in Titans history over the last three years, but it, if they're able to stay healthy relatively on offense, this, this team should be able to compete. 
Yeah, no doubt. Look, I mean, the, the schedule uh, yesterday, it, you, you see it illustrated, you know, the, the Jags get the Chiefs with the first place schedule and then they, they get, they manage nine points at home against the Chiefs. I mean, I know Chris Jones is good, but my goodness, nine points. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Titans get the Chargers and the Chargers have an incredible knack for losing games like that. So, uh, no, I mean, look, I, I like a lot of what I see with the offense. It, it just comes down to how much better can the offensive line get? Can they find the right five and not I, – I, because over time, if Tannehill keeps getting hit like he's gotten hit in the first two weeks, you know, then I think you got to – you know, you really have a high risk of him missing some time again, which would, of course, be devastating. But he bounced back. I mean, basically, I figured I figured this out today as I went through it again. I mean, he he – he did not throw an errant pass of his passes. You know, it was like two drops, a screen that was batted and uh, a throw to Burks in which Burks fell down. And those are the four incompletions. So, you know, he was tremendous. I really love what Ty J Spears brings. And you can see how he and Henry can be a problem. And, you know, the defense, the, the if healthy thing really applies to that secondary because, you know, if you if you have Hooker and Fulton on the field with everything else they had yesterday, you got a chance to have a really good defense. But how often is that going to be the case this year? I mean, it's a fair question, right? After they both get hurt in Week One, they'll probably both be back this week in Cleveland. But it's almost like, like, do you get half a season from those guys? You know, I, I don't know. If you can get like two thirds of it, then you really might might have something. Yeah, we're we're certainly. You know, as as fans, we're certainly hopeful that that this team finds its you know finds its footing and can stay healthy. If you can, again, that's the that's the key here. If they can stay healthy for 17 games, I think this team can win 10 ball games, if if not more. So that's the key. And Ryan Tannehill certainly has to continue to not put the ball into the other team's hands. And if he's able to do that, I feel like you've got a a really good shot each and every time out. So. Joe, as always, we appreciate it. We'll let you get out of here. We'll uh, we'll talk about some some Vandy and Vols a little bit later down the road. All right, guys. All right, thanks for having me. See you later. Thanks, Joe. All right, we'll take a, we'll take a break here. When we come back, rapid fire reactions, but probably the AP poll, and we'll go from there. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bond and Joints. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation report of finding for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Final segment of the day. We have plenty to get to, man. It's it's really hard sometimes to try and get through these topics because you just never know what, you know, it's just so much. And so we're going to react now to the AP poll because we didn't get a chance to do it earlier. Mo, Georgia still number one. How are you feeling about that? If not them, who? Well, I mean, Texas has beaten three FBS opponents, all by double digits, including Alabama on the road. Florida State struggled. Hey, you mean Alabama, Alabama, who's out of the top ten for the first time since 2015? That Alabama? Still number 13 in the country. It's Resume-wise, Texas is the number one resume in the country, right? And and maybe by eye test because Georgia looked like crap Saturday. Georgia did not look very good Saturday. And as I said, people really got to stop hiring Mike Bobo. Well, this you know, dude falling up, man. Jeez. Some, some people have a talent for it, but it's all about you, who you know. And I know Crackle. You know this. This may be a situation where um, preseason poll carries more weight than it should. Uh, maybe if. 
there wasn't a poll until after the first week, maybe Georgia would not still be number one. But uh, I mean, you you feel like, and I also think, and and I probably embody this. I still think a lot of folks, Eric C. Henry among them, that may be a little reluctant to buy into Texas. I don't know. Still. Here's, and, and this is for any poll that may or may not be put together. <laughs> Earn it. I don't want you number one because you won the championship last year. Well, I don't, here's the thing. I don't know that Georgia is number one because they won the national championship last year. I think Georgia is number one because of the talent that they returned from that national championship team, quarterback notwithstanding. I mean, okay, I, but what you've seen in the first three weeks is an offense that is anemic. Against UT Martin, they were terrible. They were terrible in the first half on Saturday against South Carolina. Now, here's the thing. Again, as we said earlier in the show, Everybody was terrible this past week. I understand that. But if you're telling me that it's not because of their the last two championships, it's certainly not because of anything they've done this year to just go, wow, that's that's absolutely the number one team in the country and there's no question about it. Not when Texas has has done what it's done. I mean, resume-wise, look, I, I'm not Texas's back or anything. I'm just saying that based on what we've seen, Texas is the best team in the country right now, resume-wise. But, you know, I've always been a resume guy. I've always been, you know, when Cincinnati was fighting for that, that playoff spot. They, I, I'm a resume guy. I want to see what you got on the field. Washington right now is a top-10 team. I think they're probably a top-5 team. I, I don't know that they're better than Ohio State and Penn State, but Ohio State hasn't looked great. No. They were anemic against Western in the first half yesterday or Saturday. I, Boston. I mean, Boston College took Florida State to the wire, and they only dropped a spot. And they only dropped one spot. I mean, a Alabama was was it tied at halftime, three to three? No, it I was think six it was, three because they. Sorry, it was tied at three when they went I to the thirty-five yeah. minute break. Yeah, uh, but number thirteen that was UGS, that was South Florida. Alex Golish, notwithstanding. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I think... I, I really think everybody got a mulligan, Saturday. Okay, but Georgia's not gotten a mulligan. They got a mulligan for the first half against UT Martin, too, apparently. I, again, I, I just... I, it's a, it's, well, here, here's the thing. And even Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee at 23 and Florida at 25. If only there were a way to know who is the better team. I thought we had already determined that um, head to head, head, to head means not nothing. But it's useless. But in terms of your Texas argument, out of 63 voters, three agree with you because that's the number of first place votes that Texas got. Let's. There's a graphic out there that shows you who voted for who. There it is. Um, Dave Reardon uh, of Hawaii 
Dave Jablonski, Ohio State guy that we hate so much. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and, and Brett, but Jablonski at least, I mean, he's a resume guy too. He just doesn't think the SEC is very good, which is iffy at best. He also has Colorado at 11, which is ridiculous. Uh, Brett McMurphy was the third. So Brett McMurphy and Dave Jablonski and you share the same argument. Who knew? Yeah. But I mean, early that, in the year, that would I'm, that would make me reconsider my argument. I'm just going to tell you. Early in the year, I don't. I mean, I get it. Look, and and Jablonski's got Washington at number two, which again, resume wise, he's <laughs> probably not wrong. And you know, Georgia at four, he's got he's got Alabama behind Colorado, which is you know, if Alabama and Colorado played right now in on a neutral field, I, I don't know that I wouldn't take Colorado if Travis Hunter was playing. Uh, That's a lot of ifs. <laughs> one of them isn't going to happen, so it doesn't really matter. But, uh, I mean, this is – this poll is just kind of – So where would you put Georgia? Probably five – I'd probably have Texas, Florida State in no particular order, but Texas, Florida State, um, Washington maybe in the top five. Uh, so you'd have Washington ahead of USC? Maybe USC. I'm just saying in no particular order. Mm-hmm. Washington, USC, Texas, and, and probably have Georgia at five. I think you can't. I, Who I'm does Georgia sure. play next? That's a good question. Uh, it's probably who knows because let's see. Well, we don't need to get too bogged down in this. Well, I can tell minutes, you in thirties um, UAB. So, which is going to be a they they better not struggle against a team that just got shellacked by Louisiana and Lafayette. Or oh, Louisiana. UAB lost to. Oh, Louisiana they got Lafayette? absolutely skulldrum. Oh, that's awful. And then they got to go to all. Saturday, September 30th, Mm -hmm. Georgia at Auburn. If they can't score against Auburn, Auburn, watch out. Mm -hmm. We'll find out some stuff about Georgia in in a week and a half. It's going to be interesting. This this AP poll, man, at this point is just kind of throwing darts. Throw it, yeah, throw it at the wall and see what what sticks. Because who knows? Well, again, Which is why we shouldn't have preseason polls. <laughs> but what would you talk about? It, exactly. Mm-hmm. What, we would be talking about how we would have voted if we had a vote in the AP poll. That's exactly what we'd be talking about. That we wouldn't be worried about dissecting other people's votes. I guess I don't know. But yeah, we man, there, there's so much more that we have not gotten to today. We're not going to get to it because we have 30 seconds left. So less. Come back tomorrow, <laughs> and we'll continue these discussions and, and react to a doubleheader of of Monday Night Football and much much more on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bond Joint. We'll see you then. Thank you.